Unless you guys want to hear my giant rat story at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, can always be pre-roll. I mean, my giant rat story is if I tell you guys I saw a dead rat the size of like my outstretched hand, would that be big for a rat or would that be like average for a rat? <laughs> I have no idea how big rats yeah, are supposed know. to be. <laughs> I feel like it's big and I swear to god this isn't a metaphor but it was like literally five feet away from the police guard station where they check your cars before you park like under the Capitol Hill buildings I swear to god it's not a metaphor but they literally <laughs> I saw it there on Monday because I had to walk by and I walked by again today and I was like okay it's still there and also that was definitely not a squirrel I thought it might be a squirrel but I can see the tail this time and that is a real fucking big rat <laughs> The internet says rack, the average rack body length is 9 to 11 inches. Okay, so this was about oh, average. That seems yeah. really <laughs> I am told that like the upward maximum size a rat can get is like surprisingly big, like small dog big. And my stepdad has a story. He swears he once saw one that big in New York City. You know, late at night, he thinks right. he sees a stray dog walking around and steps on the street light and no, it's a rat. The world of racks in New York City. <sighs> yep, yeah. that's my rat story of the week. Hopefully of the year. Welcome back to Mugging Your Ears. Helen and April are with me. Hello. Um, and it is the end of the year, near the end of the year, and we're here to talk about uh, just our favorite manga that we read this year. There's, again, not necessarily stuff that came out this year, um, just stuff that we have read this year. But uh, Helen, start us off. Alrighty. My own personal rule for this is that it has to be a series that I first encountered in this year, and also that means... That keeps me from just putting down, like, Witch Hat every single year. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's such an easy choice, otherwise. Uh, But for my number three pick of the year, I'm going with um, I Think Our Son is Gay. Um, I've got the second volume here. I'm writing a review of it up later this week, next week, maybe. Uh, It's actually not ending at four volumes, like we previously thought. Um, Okura came... He didn't come out in that sort of way, but he came out and said, actually, no, it's not ending. Disregard that. And so I hope it doesn't drag on too long in the end. But Volume 2 continues to be just a very fun little comedic series about a mom who's watching her son who is thinking he's being secretive with his crushes and his interests, but he's really not. He just He's trying, but he's just not succeeding very well to the point where both his mom and his younger brother figured it out. And there's a couple more scenes in the second volume where he's um, not precisely bonding with his dad, but where his mom is, like, trying to subtly push the dad into being a bit more tolerant, you know, kind of a broader worldview and stuff like that. And it continues to be just really cute and sweet. And Okra does have um, a author's note at the end. And he's talking about, yeah, so I had to come out to my mom because um, I told her I was being published and she just didn't know about this pen name. And so she kept asking me what it was about. And, you know, if you look up my pen name, you're going to see what series it is. So, um, and it sounds like that's kind of sweet. You know, he's now writing about a mother looking out for her son and now he's told his own mom. So, um, yeah, that was definitely one of the cutest new things I picked up this year. I think our son is gay. 
Yeah, I really like that series. Glad you suggested it. When we, whenever we talk about it, who knows when? When we talk about anything, I don't remember time. Um, but yeah, I also just read the the second volume. Really, still really cute. And um, I agree. I don't think it can go on forever. But I also, it doesn't look like it'll go on forever. Okura's series have historically been pretty short. Um, that blue sky feeling was three volumes, I think. Maybe they were on the list. I don't remember. Um, and uh, yeah, I I'm glad that he has a good relationship with his mom at least. Um, I'm excited about this one. My I was kind of surprised. My library has the second volume in in ebook or, or digitally, and uh, it actually just came available like today. So it's timely that the Helen brought up this series. But I'm excited to read uh, the second volume, and then it's a little longer than four volumes. I thought that it was cute. Talk about this back in August. It feels like that was last episode. Time is a weird soup, especially this year. Yeah. Alright, um, so April, what have you got for us? Um, I feel like the, well, my third series, I guess, might seem a little out of character, but I've actually been reading Chainsaw Man l- lately. I've heard a lot about it, and I, it was maybe a few months ago, like, I have the the Viz app, so I decided just to log in and see what it was about, and I'm like, this is kind of weird. It's about a dude with a chainsaw in his head, and I read a couple chapters, but I was like, ah, maybe I'll come pick it up later. And I decided just to dive back into it a few weeks ago. And I just appreciate it as just like kind of a gritty action series. I don't, I'm not super attached to the characters, but I just kind of like the action. I never quite know what's going to happen next. Um, I don't know where you get the idea to put a chainsaw in somebody's head. It's just kind of entertaining. I think I've read about the chapters of it, and I went through those pretty quick, so that's kind of fast for me. Um, I just enjoy it. It's like something different than what I would have usually picked up. I think that it's interesting. Have you all both read that series? I have not. Um, I, I, I know that a lot of people really enjoy it, but I also know it's really violent, so it's just... It is. It didn't quite seem like my thing, but I know that you are in good company, that there are a lot of other people out there who are just absolutely nuts for the series. And the anime is coming out next year, I think. So that will certainly increase its popularity even more. Although, I will be sad if... Um, did you ever see the manga trailer that got put out for it? Um, no, I've just seen the anime trailer, I think. Yeah, I think this is a different trailer. Viz shared it at one point, And mm-hmm. so it's like stills from the manga. And there's this, what sounds like a full chorus or singing in the background. Chainsaw Man, Chainsaw Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share it with you guys after the podcast, but I'm going to be very sad if it turns out that is not, in fact, the opening that they go with for the anime, <laughs> since that is my one experience with it, and I think that is just perfect. They cannot top it. <laughs> I absolutely love Chainsaw Man. Uh, this is one that I follow uh, as week to week as I follow things, which is sometimes uh, I forget for a couple months and then I catch up. But um, yeah, I just thought this was really incredible. Um, actiony, gory manga series that uh reigning reigning jump like it does not seem like this kind of thing <laughs> would necessarily run in a uh teens comic magazine in the u.s but uh well thank god japan exists i guess if i recall correctly there's like one chapter where you can't actually read it on the app you have to read it on the website itself uh like golden Kamui, like the material was just too extreme for like an all-ages app. Yes, I think I remember that. Uh, I believe it was... Uh, well, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was because there were boobies. 
Ah, yes, Booby's the great enemy of all children. Yep. (laughs) 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 Who cares if they're uh, cutting people to shreds with chainsaws that come out of his head and arms? (laughs) I mean, it it is very... It took a little bit of adjustment. I actually thought that I, like, wasn't gonna keep reading i'm like it's so violent in the beginning in the beginning especially like when he first what is that little dog's name Um, not dog but whatever his little friend is when yeah when when the 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 pet or whatever first becomes a part of him that whole chapter that whole chunk in the beginning is very violent like i don't know if i can read this but (laughs) but i I, uh i say that and berserk is one of my favorite series but (laughs) But yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it, and I, I plan to kind of catch up and maybe keep up with it uh, as it comes out. Pochita is the the name. Pochita, um, that's yeah. And I was surprised. Uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that, like at the end of the the current run, it just says end of part one. Like I assumed it would just be the end of the manga uh, completely, but there's apparently a part two coming at some point. I don't know when. But, oh wow! Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Corey? What have you got? Right, I have to go. Um, <laughs> uh, for my number three here, I actually have uh, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, the the manga version of it. I have not read the novel version. I have not seen the, the movie of it. Um, but I read the, the manga adaptation of the novel, and I actually really enjoyed this. I thought this was... Um, the, the back of the cover says a bittersweet romance. It really um, lives up to that to that title, and uh, I I enjoyed how uh, so it is about uh, the this main character who is just called me throughout the the entire series or until the end of it when they reveal his name and he finds a uh, diary that is kept by uh, one of his classmates Sakura. And that reveals it reveals that she is dying from uh, fatal pancreatic illness, um, and she's going to die within the next year or two. But no one else knows this in her class. Uh, basically, it's only her parents that know, because she just wants to live a normal school life without the uh, the shadow of this looming death living over her. Um, and it's about like her finally having this release through this other character. Um, that that knows that she is also dying and it's, he is not dying he just was in the hospital for like appendicitis i believe um so it was just complete happenstance but uh they hang out they get they become closer and it's just like her living her fantasies before she dies and him being able to, f- to fulfill those because he is the one in on the secret uh and then there's kind of a twist near the end um where uh the the me characters has to reveal this to reveal this information about her death to uh all of her friends and i just thought it was really really good i like to like i want to see that movie now i don't know if it's streaming anywhere but uh i'm interested i don't think it's streaming i feel like it's licensed but i don't think it's streaming since i haven't come across it when i've been like you know mindlessly browsing netflix and stuff like that (laughs) although i have heard of the series i've just never consumed it in any form it looks like it's uh, Aniplex licensed, so I see if I can find a copy for $80. Uh, it's, oh, it's not even Funimation? Since yeah. Sony owns Funimation now? Uh, Blu-ray, $40, right? Oh, okay. Um, Come on, Sony. What, what is even the point of Sony buying Funimation if they can't claw things away from Aniplex, really? I don't know. Who knows? Um, 
Oh, but the title comes from the the boy character saying that uh, it's a like a phrase where you say that you want to eat the uh, the thing that is killing the the other person. Um, well, if you don't have a pancreas, that's going to kill you even faster. Like that's that's really bad. <laughs> it's a phrase, Helen. Just like a, a term, a term of endearment toward this person uh, that you would be to willing to eat phrase, this dying organ. Therefore, we're going to treat it as such. <laughs> this is I've always like I've seen this in the store forever. Like, huh, that's an interesting title. I know there's a movie, and I've always meant to read it or see it in some form. And like Helen, I never have. And it's always like one that when you're with your friends at the bookstore or whatever, they're like, huh, this looks interesting. Look at this title. But I've, I've never actually looked at it, and now I may have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bought this book a couple of years ago, probably, um, because the movie had either just come out or like recently enough came out that it was on my mind. And uh, this is not like my third most favorite manga that I have read this year, but uh, as with most of my lists, with this, with Taiku and uh, any other list that I make, I use this last spot to just kind of put something that I want to talk about into it. Uh, and it turns out this one's uh, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas was the one this year. Bleach was last year, so I think I've improved. <laughs> I've forgotten about that until you sent us the list of what we chosen year from year. I, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> April has not forgiven you for this. this <laughs> on the mind forever. Um, Alright, well let's move on. Ten number twos with uh, April this time. What's you? What you got? Uh, my second choice for this year, I think Helen will be happy about. It is the Apothecary Diaries. I really, really like this one. I, I, I kind of enjoy series where like the main character has a particular skill, especially if it's like a female character, but the, a particular skill that she's really good at that she gets in a new environment and gets to use. I've just enjoyed um, the setting, the main character, um, and I've still only read that one volume. I still have the other two to read, and it's still probably one of my top series for the year. Like we talked about it on the podcast, and I think maybe I bought the rest of the volumes like within that week just to have them, and, and still go to the bookstore and look for the fourth one, even though I've got these two to read. But yeah, it's just it's just like really enjoyable. I'm trying to see if I can com- can compare it to any other series. Um, it it reminded me of last year's what is that the library series that we talked about last year it was a favorite at the end of of the library Mm -hmm. i don't know for some reason it gave me kind of a similar vibe or those two series kind of gave me kind of a similar vibe for the like the end of the year choice but yeah i really really like this one and it was kind of hard i thought about maybe putting it as the first one just because i liked it so much so i can thank helen for that Admittedly, I forgot to even consider this series for my list. <laughs> I, I feel like Mau Mau's been with for so long, and I might have read the first volume in 2020. I'd have to check. But um, I've also been reading the light novels, and if you have a J Novel Club subscription, the light novels are on catch-up this month, which means you can read all four of them that they've got out for just the cost of your membership. You don't have to buy the volumes individually. And so that's a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to be doing a review of three and four soon. I just... I know if I start reading Volume 4 that I'm going to consume it until I am done. So I need to, like, (laughs) schedule this for a day when I can just lie on the couch in increasingly weird positions while I read the whole thing in one go. Because that is definitely what happened with Volume 3. So, but yeah, Mau Mau is a lot of fun. I was having a discussion with um, Sean of Manga Bookshelf on Twitter, and we were joking about how 
other there's like a certain type of like shoujo novel heroine that I kind of like. It's like the character who's really single-mindedly focused on something. And we were joking that like mine from the sentence of a bookworm, she can't read a room, but she is trying to read the room. While Mao Mao can read the room and is choosing not to read the room. Mao Mao has all of the social knowledge to be a polite, you know, well-bred, gentle young lady, and she's just like, no, I don't care. I truly do not care. Just let me let me live my weird little life over here. Alas, that is not what fate seems to have in store for her, though. I also forgot to consider this for my list, but I really liked it. Uh, it might have... I don't think it would have kicked off anything here. I mean, it would have kicked off I Don't Eat Your Pancreas, but pre- aforementioned reasons why it did not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's I read It's hard the... for me to talk about this series since... Uh, the first manga volume only covers so much, and so it's like it, like where I am in the novels. It's like so we know some more things about Mao mm. Mao in Jinji <laughs> by this point. So I've read the next two manga volumes at least, uh, and they're just as good. I like I like those also. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, this is a series that uh, like make it so the library, which I tell you, are everything that, as I mentioned before, that you force us to read. Um, Wait, did I have to force you guys for Witch Hat? Uh, I don't. I don't think it was for which hat, but no. at least for the other two. I mean the other one. Uh, but anyway, moving on to me for my number two is Perfect World. Uh, we talked about this back in April, which I could have sworn was last year, but it was not. Uh, it was in April. Um, this one is about the uh, the wheelchair-bound man who is an artif- artifact, uh, architect, uh, designer <laughs> person, um, and his. Uh, girlfriend who is an interior designer they work together to to build and design houses uh they dates they and like one of my favorite things about this series so far at least is that they uh spoilers they actually break up and like they have a uh, an okay relationship with each other after that breakup and i just really appreciate that as part of this uh ongoing story perhaps a love story but i i don't really know what's going to happen in this one um I hope they are uh, at least allowed to have like this amicable relationship, and it's not like uh, two set- <laughs> diverging storylines where they happen to run into each other because of their work. But um, at least so far, I've liked what uh, what they're doing with this, how they're building these characters, um, and how uh, how the story is progressing. Uh, I was so torn on this one because I love this series, and it's one of my runner-ups, but it didn't it didn't make the top. Three, but I, I, I say this about every series I talk about that I really, really enjoyed it. But I appreciated um, that the series had a, a disabled character and someone in a wheelchair, and that they showed some of the struggles of that, like some of the, the uh, sort of secondary things that come up when you're disabled, the secondary things you wind up in the hospital for, and then just their relationship and navigating that, um, navigating how they felt about each other, along with like. Um, him navigating his disability as well. I really enjoy this one. Like, if if we had another spot, I think it would be number four. Um, but yeah, I I, I kind of want to see how this one wraps up. Yeah, that's a good point about the um, how you might have a disability, but it's not necessarily that that puts you in the hospital. It might be something related. Like, I remember in the first volume, I think he had like some bad bed sores that sent him to the hospital. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was something I hadn't even considered until a couple of years ago when. Well, my grandparents started dying. And so every time in the obituary, you would say something like, you know, a short illness, but it was like always an infection or, you know, something that seemed like 
more easily beatable, kind of benign, but, you know, they had gotten to the point where they were just so fragile that even that could kill them. And that's been mm-hmm. something I've just been thinking about in general for the past couple of years, especially in this time of COVID, where you definitely see a lot of folks who they might have survived COVID, but after being in the ICU, they're just very medically vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was a nice thing that the story was so upfront with. It's not just, you know, I'm in a wheelchair. It's I'm in a wheelchair, and this means I also need to be considerate of X, Y, and Z. These are all interconnected aspects of my life now. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've only read the first volume, although I would be interested in reading more of it. I did go by my library recently, but they don't have more volumes of it. Maybe I can convince them to pick some of them up for me. <laughs> yeah, one of my... Um, I wouldn't, Favorite is a weird word to prescribe to this, because it's not like... Um, I'm laughing. Haha, ha, you have a disability and you can't go places because of this earthquake. But, like, I enjoyed the portrayal of this story where there was, like, a five mag- magnitude earthquake and um, Ikski, the wheelchair bound person, happens to be alone at his house. Um, so, like, his girlfriend at the time calls the woman main character whose name I am scrolling through Wikipedia and they don't list any names. That's very useful to Wikipedia. Thank you. Um,. Sugumi, uh, the, the girlfriend calls Sugumi. She's like, "Hey, he's alone. You need to get there because he needs to be cathetered every however many hours because he cannot actually uh, use the restroom for himself because of his whole being in a wheelchair, lower body issues. Um, so like just getting out there and then like getting to a rescue shelter and the rescue shelter doesn't have beds. So he's like, "Well, I can't stay here because there's no beds. It's like very interesting." Um, not interesting, but, like, things that I, as before, things that I would never consider being an able-bodied person, and it's, like, very, uh, uh, I don't know, I like it. I, th- I think one of the other things that I appreciated, too, is I remember, um, I don't remember the high school boy's name, but he had recently had an accident and was in a wheelchair, and I felt like... They did a good job of like capturing the rage that can come with it and how frustrating it is and um, how much it can change your life. And then uh, not only that, but how how your disability can change throughout your life. So I felt like they they the author captured that anger really well. And even things like physical therapy that I think people sometimes think of as like a training montage and you can just kind of go and get better and then go on. They show in the beginning Boy, with do the main I wish character, the physical therapy was like that. <laughs> tell me yeah, tell me about it. But they show like how the the main character like struggled and uh, and sweated to get through physical therapy. And I appreciate things like that. You know, if that's something that you, that you go through on a regular basis, it can be really really frustrating and and every day there are like several different ways where the world just doesn't quite work for you, so you have to constantly figure out workarounds. So I appreciate the series for that. I think I've read 5 volumes, maybe 6. So I've gotten a good chunk into it and really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like this one just recently completed, uh well, recently it is now December and it Columbia January. Uh, it feels recent. <laughs> yeah. Like there are uh, three more volumes not yet published in English that we uh, we have yet to read. Um, well, I mean, some of us more than others, but I, I'm caught up. There's nine volumes currently in English, and there will be 12 total. Uh, so not that long, and it's uh, really, really good. Uh, but, Helen, what have we got next? All right. My volume, not volume two, my second choice 
is another romance series, and it's one that I definitely would not have read if not for this podcast, and that is Sweat and Soap, since I, like many other people, I looked at the title, I looked at the premise, I looked at the first volume cover, and I went, nope! (laughs) And I know that Dana, uh, your wife, Corey, um, was a fan of it, and so she was pushing us to... Well, I think she was saying, like, you guys should do this on the podcast because that will make Corey actually read it. And so we did. And the first chapter is still, like, a little awkward in some ways. It's really playing into the whole, oh, she's self-conscious about sweating a lot, but he loves how she smells. Oh, doesn't that make them a perfect couple? But once it gets beyond (laughs) that initial first chapter and it starts focusing more on just being in a relationship as a whole, you know, without so much the gimmick it turns into just this really sweet romance and i just really really ended up enjoying it Uh, i also i just i get hot super easily it's very frustrating so i definitely sympathized with our main character and her just genetic sweatiness i think it was the first time i've ever actually seen a character in fiction who like me is like okay i've arrived from work now i need to immediately go to the bathroom see if i've sweated through anything you know do i need to change anything out etc etc because it's just such a stressful thing and i am told that the climates of tokyo and dc in the summer are pretty similar so i have definitely been there and it's just a really sweet series i would not have tried (laughs) if it wasn't for this podcast and I know that at one point, Bookwalker was having a sale where uh, various volume ones of different Kodansha series were free. And so I was posting on Twitter that, oh, yeah, this one's really good. And someone actually replied later saying, OK, I listened to you, even though I was put off by the title. And you're right. This is really cute. Thank you. <laughs> and it was like, it's all of us. Just, you know, I think if that first volume cover wasn't just so awkward, because it really looks like an incident of sexual harassment there on the cover. I feel like even if that had been just less than it would i would have tried it out sooner (laughs) i mean to be fair the scene that the volume cover is is kind of sexual harassment but they get better yes about not sexually harassing each other and being like okay the 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 creator has realized that this is not going to be a one shot i need to actually you know develop these characters and you know give them slightly more defined personalities Mm -hmm. and actually build this into a relationship that the readers can believe in for 10 volumes consensual sniffing (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I am sure this is many people's kinks, but... <laughs> yes, we talked about this one back in February. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, I could have sworn this was last year, but apparently next. Um, back when we still had hope for 2021. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This one is done in 11 volumes. The 11th and final volume will be uh, uh, published here in English on December 21st, so we are almost there. Yeah, and I think it's either the 10th or the 11th cover show the characters like in a wedding gown and suit, and it just looks really, really cute like that. <laughs> Probably the 11th one. I did read the 10th one, and they uh, got married in that one, but yeah, they didn't have that, not have a ceremony yet. That was just like the legal part of it. Oh, okay. The Okay, we have signed the papers for yep. the clerk, but now we need to like be societally wed. Yes. We need to be fancy <laughs> wed. <laughs> I'm upset about this one because Kodansha, at some point in the year, 
probably about a month or so ago, had that like half off digital sale or something like that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this series. I really liked it when we talked about it. And then I completely forgot about it. And then the day after the sale was over, I was like, oh, no, I totally forgot to buy all those volumes. So I want to keep reading this one and just haven't had the chance to pick it up because you're right. This is like a prime example of a series that I would not have picked up were it not for the podcast. And I do think it is that first volume cover because I think without that, I would have at least looked at it. But that first volume cover is really something but after that you know i i this the premise seems weird but the i like 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 how i said i like the relations part of it um so yeah i just wanted to pick this one back up for so long if they have another sale to end the year this will probably be one that i pick up well you see at anime new york city kodansha announced that they're gonna be putting out a box set of this and also a box set for wodakoi and since I am still pro physical media filling up my apartment, I'm definitely <laughs> planning on getting both of those physically. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know if you're still getting physical volumes or not, since I know that some of us in our larger circle of friends have reached the point in their lives where they're where they are like, I cannot physically buy manga anymore. I do not have the room. <laughs> yeah, it's getting there. I mean, we're we're also getting there, and we have more space than we had before. Um, <laughs> we're still we're still buying them. There's a comic, um, well, there's a strip. It's from the comic Wasted Talent, and it's a woman, and she's talking with her um, partner, and he's saying, no more books. He's like, I thought you wanted to live in a, and didn't want to live in a big house. She's like, yes, but I want to live in a small library. (laughs) I have a printout of this comic on my door, because that is essentially what I aim to be in. You know, just a small library. So yes, Kodansha, please give me these box sets for series I haven't already started purchasing. That will work out just fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite uh, things about this series uh, recently has been that uh, Asako has always had this uh, complex about swagging, obviously, because that is a very annoying and embarrassing thing to have to have a problem of. But, like, of course, she was bullied for it when she was a kid being called Estinko. I don't know what that translated from, but uh, it's a good translation. And she runs into uh, one of her childhood bullies later on when she's just at lunch with a friend. And she kind of has to uh, confront that directly and be like, uh, no, I'm not really over this, even though I think I have had coping mechanisms. Um, but even though I am in love and married, or going to be married, um, I still have things to that I, I, w- I would like to talk through with my partner and get through these things. Uh, but, like, I really like and appreciate those kinds of stories uh in in things god if i met my childhood bully in person i don't care who the person she would be now i just immediately punch her <laughs> I, I, I would not be level-headed <laughs> yeah no they happen to be or she, she happened to be in front of her friend and her friend's child and their parents oh, that would children get me. together and our friends <laughs> she didn't want to cause a scene unlike <laughs> some people Helen. Just watch me. I'm a white woman. It's meant to happen eventually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to our favorite manga of the year. Uh, and I'll start this time around. Uh, my favorite was Boys Run the Riot. Um, we just recently talked about this one. But uh, I really enjoyed this one. I like uh, I like where this is going. Recently, it was July. It was before I think our son is gay. I could have sworn it was more recently than that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I enjoy what they're doing here. I enjoy the um, the the positivity that it's bringing to uh, what is his name, Rio. Um, 
and kind of affirming him as being a being a man, being a boy, uh, and them making their streetwear uh streetwear t-shirts and stuff together i appreciate that there are sneakers that i recognize in the manga um it's like pretty much everything about it and um it's again really cool that kogansha brought a whole uh trans localization team to and translate the manga um it's something that i as someone who is into sneakers and streetwear and things uh i've been really enjoying and it looks like the final volume of this one is coming out december 14th what is with all of these final volumes coming out soon for these manga that we're talking about listen kodanja has just been publishing manga at like a crazy pants fast pace like <laughs> everything seems to be coming out like every two or three months and it's like stop i can't keep up with this yeah i actually have read the first two volumes now i remember i had when we did this podcast because they got my dates mixed up um <laughs> And I actually am going to be doing a review of those pretty soon. And so, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Um, there's definitely, there's a tension in there that I think hits especially close to home if you're also queer with the, oh, no, this person is figuring things out. Is this person a safe person to be out to or not? And so I, it makes me feel better knowing that the creator of the series is also trans so then you don't get as worried that they're just going to make it kind of like voyeuristic or like mean for no reason in some way that's kind of reassuring because then I can, I guess in a way, step back from the series and sort of enjoy it more as a story rather than going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, <laughs> quite as much. This is another one that I missed in the Kodansha sale. I was going to get it and I'm like, damn it, I missed that sale and I see him in the store and I'm like, I was going to get you digitally for half off. But um, I'm sure it's going to have like an end of year sale somewhere. I'm sure, yeah. I, so I had been on the fence about this one for the the podcast. I was like, I don't know. Should I pick this one up? Should I not? So I picked it up, obviously, for the podcast. Um, I like it. I feel like it's different from some of the other stuff that we've read. I didn't realize that it was so short. For some reason, I thought it would be a long. So is the last volume. What is the last volume number? How many volumes is it going to have? Four volumes. Okay, okay. And it's omnibuses, so it was eight in Japan. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I was like, I thought that was a little bit longer. Yeah, I really like this one, and this one will be another one if Kodansha wants to put everything on sale again. But yeah, I, I, yep, I really enjoyed this one. I like, I like the covers. I think uh, the covers are cool. The colors are cool. Yeah. Yep. And they were actually uh, creating for the the covers were created for the English versions. They have the. Uh, Oh, that's right. The Japanese versions on the inside, full color. Um, so yeah, it's just a, a really cool release from Kagansha. And there's a, I think there's an interview in the back of at least volume one with the creator that had a lot of these, a lot of this information too. And it's like about how Keito Gaku wanted to tell the story about a female male trans character uh, because he is also female male. But um, yeah, it's just really fun, really cool. And I gotta say that, again, Kodansha is putting out so many manga right now. Like, they are basically releasing a new digital series every Tuesday <laughs> of the year, basically. So it's really nice to see them put some... I, I don't want to say some more effort into marketing this than they usually do. But for so many other series, they get released without really any fanfare. But for this, they've been highlighting, oh yeah, here we've got a short interview with the creator. Maybe it was the editor. I think it was the creator. Um here's um some additional chatting we did in the back of the volume you know we 
took care, you know, to have this all trans localization team. And so, yeah, it's been really nice to see them go all in on something that in some way is still kind of niche. But I don't know. It's a nice commitment there to saying, yeah, we're licensing this and we genuinely think people will enjoy it. And so we're going to put extra care into this release. Mm hmm. Yeah, and the final volume of this one is is actually out already digitally uh, in the U.S. If you would like to read that right now, uh, or if you want to wait for six days, it'll be out in print. <laughs> uh, all right, Helen, what have we got? Favorite manga this year? All right, this is one we haven't talked about on the podcast actually, and um, I don't know, it might be a little trashy, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's called Nina the Starry Bride, and it's a shojo. Um, currently digital only series from Kodansha. Kodansha, please put this one out in print. Please, I'll throw money at you. Clearly, listen to our podcast. We will all throw money at you. Clearly. <laughs> and this one is shoujo um, in the vein that I really enjoy, which is it's like adventure first, then romance, you know, and there's not really much fantasy to this one. Uh, I suppose you could say that the idea itself is fantastical. Um, we start with this character named Nina who's um, been orphaned at a young age, so she's kind of living with some other boys off the streets. She's disguising herself as a boy since um, she just has, you know, the kind of features which make you kind of worried about getting sold by child slavers, you know? It, it, it's that kind of, you know, world. The apothecary um, Irie's worried. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Mau Mau is worried about all of that, but I kind of feel like anyone who got her would just, like, kick her out immediately for being annoying you know <laughs> but anyway and then um one of the boys she lives with actually does betray her and nina finds out that it's not quite as bad as it could be like yes this is all definitely against her will but the people who bought her more or less are actually looking for a body replacement for a princess uh the princess alicia who um Initially, um, it had been intended that she would grow up to become a priestess and so would live this very isolated white life. But they recently decided, oh, we need to make a political marriage. We'll have her come back. And when she was traveling back, her carriage overturned and she died. And very few people know about this. Um, the second prince is one of the few people who does. And so he's trying to find this body double and finds Nina, who has these very distinctively colored eyes, just like the princess Alicia. And so now the plan is you know, to have her take the dead princess's place and be married off to the, um, again, it's the crown prince, not king yet, but of this um, fractious neighboring kingdom, which has an eye towards expansion. It's very powerful. And so Nina is not happy about any of this at first. She does not want to have to, you know, live such a dangerous life since if anyone ever finds out that she's not the real princess, she'll die, of course. And the few people who are also in on this will also all die. But I've read the first three volumes, and over those volumes, she really decides to grow into the role. She decides, you know, um, that there's things that she can do as Princess Alicia that she couldn't do as Nina. There are people's lives who she can protect by taking up, up this role. And so she's really going all into that. And it's still a very dangerous life. Like by the third volume, she's actually gone off to meet this prince. But um, it turns out that he's maybe not going to marry her. He has all these other princesses from vassal states nearby. You know, he hasn't really committed to anything. And so now Alicia's like, well, I really need to get him to marry me so that he can protect, you know, the kingdom that I'm from, you know, the people I care about there. And she's a very plucky individual, which is 
also what I like in shoujo series. This is why I think it might be a little trashy. It's kind of a little too to my taste. You know, and sometimes you wonder, am I, am I liking this because it's good or because the creator has my number? <laughs> but I have definitely been enjoying this series so far. I see that Volume 5 just came out, so I need to read 4 and 5. Um, but yeah, Kodansha, please give me a physical release. Please, you don't put out as much shoujo physically, so just do this one, please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would definitely appeal to folks who enjoy stuff like Yona of the Dawn. It's definitely got um, some similar vibes of, again, adventure first, then romance, you know, someone having to grow into a role that they were um, not hesitant to accept at first, but definitely unwilling to accept at first, you know, some political maneuverings, but that's not the entirety of it. Um, I think the biggest difference is honestly is that Yona has, you know, like an entire you know, group of people with her, and she's always making more allies. But Nina is basically alone for this whole thing. She's having to do all of this by her own bootstraps. <laughs> also, it's very cute art. Um, maybe we'll have to talk about that sometime next yeah. year. Helen, you definitely sell manga well. It's like every time <laughs> you talk about one that you're particularly, I'm like, I'm gonna have to read that. <laughs> you do I mean, the flip job. side is that when I don't like something, I'm also very good at talking about exactly why I don't like it. <laughs> that is very true. Or she's like, nah, I just didn't read it at all. It's just not, it's not my thing. <laughs> Listen, usually that's because of a mistake. Usually that's because I forgot to actually read something. Alright, <laughs> <sighs> April, close out our lists. What have you got? Um, so, I... I feel so I haven't bought as much manga this year and I feel like when I do buy manga it tends to be Yuri manga which probably says a lot about me um but this year to be fair there's a lot of good Yuri manga out there there's a lot I can't I can't keep up with all of it but my top pick for this year from seven seas was donuts under a crescent moon and the description on their website says a lovely Yuri romance for the modern career woman I don't know if I'm a modern career woman but I really like this series it's basically about two um, office workers uh, one woman named Hinako and the other woman named Asahi um, and Hinako like throws herself in like makeup and jewelry and fashion so that she can seem normal and fall in love but she's generally generally like unsure of herself and like her relationships with men never seem to work out she does she never really like feels anything it doesn't she thinks it doesn't feel the way that it's supposed to feel but can't figure out why um and then she meets someone at work that's like very confident in themselves and people look up to her asahi she meets asahi at work and she they start to kind of hang out a little bit more they work a little bit together but then they start to walk home together and just generally get to know each other and of course it becomes Hinako like what are these feelings that I'm having I don't know what they are um but what I really enjoy about this series is kind of just the the relationship between the two characters and also Hinako Hinako herself because she seems so like unsure of herself like she she genuinely doesn't know at least initially why her relationships with men like don't work or why she doesn't feel what she thinks she should feel and I can kind of relate to just the the general like sort of being self-doubting and then you meet somebody that kind of mirrors what you like what you thought what you probably want to be deep down but you don't know why you're like attracted to their person I'm like why do I like this person so much etc cetera, etc cetera. so I just I really enjoy this one it's got two volumes out and I'm really upset now because I looked up the series before we got on the podcast and the third one's not due out until June so I have 
half a year to wait for the next one. Um, but I really enjoy it, and I think, like Helen said, it's part of a long line of Yuri series that have come out in the last year or so that are really good. Like I, I can't keep up with it all anymore. I used to be able to buy every series that came out a long time ago, and that's not it's not possible anymore at the pace that, that so many series are being put out. Yeah, this is one I've heard good things about, but I haven't gotten it yet. I think I've got it on order from Right Stuff, actually, but this one is constantly on back order, you know, of all the printing woes this year. But I'm definitely looking forward to reading it, so fingers crossed it comes in soon for me. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. Also, I just it's donuts under a crescent moon, and I just realized there's a crescent moon on the cover, and then there's a donut underneath. <laughs> I just realized that. I saw the donut when I bought it. like, oh, there's a moon right there. But yeah, I mean, I would really, I would recommend this one if you're a fan of Yuri series, and if uh, you're a modern career woman. But yeah, it's short, um, um, and hopefully we, June, June comes quickly, but that's my number one for the year. Should we do, should we do runner-ups? Um, but yes, runner-ups. Uh, let's just go around the table. Uh, runner-ups. Um, Ellen, what do you got? I didn't think to think of this. <laughs> <laughs> I remember just go off the cuff. It'll I be fine. Uh, uh, like I said earlier, I definitely should have put the Apothecary Diaries down on there if I started reading it this year. I just don't remember if that was this year or not. Uh, yep, nope, my mind is at a blank. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to remember off the top of my head what I've read in this past year versus yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. April? Um, I had Asadora by Naoki Urasawa just because he is, he's always been one of my favorites and it is the first series that I purchased in store when we could go out again after vaccine. So I had to put that on there. It's not his best work, but I was excited to be able to pick something up again. That Astra, which I think we're, we're going to talk about because that series was something else. Um, and then the last series that I have, I can't barely pronounce. It is the series by the lady that did Witch Hat, but her other one that's three volumes long with the two women in it that we talked about. Oh, and oh yeah, that one was this year, wasn't it? I forgot. I like that one simply for the art and the, oh. the pretty ladies in that one. That's the only reason I put it on here, but I really enjoy that one. I thought it was cute. So those are my three runner-ups. Asadora, um, Astra Lost in Space, and the third volume, the thir- the three-volume series by the lady that did Witch Hat that I can't pronounce. And Wally and Diwali, I think. That looks I, think I think that's what we decided on. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't do it. No idea how to pronounce it, but yeah, that was very good. That was also in our Boys Run the Riot episode. That was a high-fashion episode, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I have a couple here too. I uh, finished off Hori Mia this year. Uh, continued to really love that series um, and the manga. I still haven't even been able to get the last volume yet. Like Yen just consistently wow. does not have like review copies of it. <laughs> um, yeah, the the manga is the way to go with this one. The anime is uh, like supplemental if you are a manga reader, like so that like you can see the characters that you love anime and see their hair colors which like i and between every volume i forgot that they had extremely wild hair colors um kageki shoujo really really good i like the anime too they're doing some weird stuff with the anime not like bad weird stuff but just like i have no idea why they're doing this weird stuff um in terms of changing order of operations of stuff and like taking out kind of minor bits of uh, uh of, of what's in the manga and the, the anime does not have the uh, several several references to other manga series that the the Kageki Shogo manga does, and I think that's worth it just to read that. Um, 
Sweat and Soap is also on my also rants, uh, as well as Apothecary Diaries, uh, Ron in the Grey World, as well as whatever that other series was that they wrote. Um, North by Northwest? Yes, Go with the Clouds, mm-hmm. North by Northwest. I remember the North by Northwest part because of the movie, but like not the other part. The guy um, that can speak to cars. Yeah, and then Google SEO is not going to really help me if I just Googled North by Northwest. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like Akiyuriya as a, as a manga code. That was first experience reading those for that episode and they're really good um a few of the older ones mars and magic knight ray earth we read back to back and i liked both of those a lot i still don't have the second half of magic knight ray earth so i don't know what happens but uh, i'm gonna get there eventually um and yeah astro lost in space really really good that probably would have been number three for me uh in like a, a true here is everything that i've read this list uh this year uh list but um oh well um but that's six for our top uh, in anime manga lists. Um, but since April, you were not able to finish off Astro Lost in Space. We'll do a we'll take a break here, do a special segment where uh, we just talk about your thoughts on the ending and revisit uh, the the whatever happened. April, whenever you're ready, you can leave off. <laughs> what do I even say? You can start with that. What do I even say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you didn't know about any twists going in, right? No, I didn't. So the the first twist about them being clones, I, I figured because there's, I don't know what volume it's in, there's the scene with all of their parents, and there's only one parent parent that's like upset about them being gone and the rest are like well too bad it's over with they're gone and mm-hmm. i'm like something's not right about that and they and they had just talked about like the cleaning project and all that i'm like they're clones it has to be that so i yeah. figured that twist out so I, I yeah we it. we mentioned that uh or i meant i don't remember which of us mentioned that when we were talking about it on the podcast but i was like <laughs> oh that's kind of weird that all of these parents don't give a shit about their kids i'll just move on and helen's like you didn't question this at all <laughs> Corey's like, oh, this is just normal anime parent stuff, you know? Just terrible parents. <laughs> they were just little did we know it was for all. a reason this time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like something is not right. They were not upset at all, except for the one the one parent that was just a, appropriately hysterical, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, something's not right about that. Um, the <laughs> the second twist where what is it the i don't remember people's names the lady comes out from sleeping or whatever and they she says something about earth and they're like what earth i was like i thought i was gonna have to put it down i was like really this is the twist like like and then i'm then i'm mad at myself like why didn't i consider that they weren't going back to earth i appreciated that twist because it surprised me i like the series specifically because of that twist but i was pissed off about it i'm like really so they're not going back to earth then where are they going? Paulina like is that character's Corey, um, during the spoiler part of the last episode, I don't remember what Twitter's reaction was to the clones thing, but I definitely remember when that 
what's Earth? We're from Astra. Twits came. I definitely remember there was some screaming on Twitter where we were all like, what do you mean they haven't actually said Earth this entire time? We've all just been making assumptions. What? Well, I I actually thought that, like, I missed something in the beginning. I was like, oh, my God, I need to go back to the very beginning and reread it. Like, maybe they said they weren't going to Earth. But the more I read it, I was like, no. That anime that was kind of like my second go through the story, and then I was able to like keep an eye out, and I was like, oh okay, they are actually trying to foreshadow some stuff. But it's like, oh yeah. my gosh, okay. I feel like, and I know I've made this joke before, but I feel like there is an entire category of sci-fi which is either we were on Earth all along and we didn't know it, and you've got stuff like Erica Seven in there, or you have other stuff where it's like, well, we lost where Earth is. <laughs> Just stuff like Tutera. And then you've got the other ones where it's like, Earth doesn't exist anymore, kind of. Which was like, Juose, where it's like, yeah, every time we've taken ambassadors and stuff to see the Earth, we've actually been putting them to sleep and giving them a hallucination because the planet, like, literally exploded, like, a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, ah, this is continuing in the grand tradition of we have just made everybody collectively forget that Earth exists. There was never any Earth. (laughs) We don't know how long we're going to keep this up, though, because the archaeologists are getting suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I think like the wildest. I mean, the, the Earth reveal was the wildest, but then like the sub wildest thing about that was that they convinced an entire population to just be like, no, don't don't mention Earth. We've been here all along. It's 1960 yeah, that is now. Wild, just I don't know. I'm gonna have like a bigger grain of salt whenever I take plot points like that now after yeah. living through COVID, where it's like I knew people were obstinate. I just underestimated how obstinate humans are. <laughs> But can you imagine, in Astra, there must be some people who either know the truth or who figured it out and are probably posting, like, these crazy theories on, like, underground <laughs> websites. And you're like, Earth is real, Astra is alive, or something like that. It's not flat Earth myths, it's like, Earth is real myths or something. <laughs> I think I could appreciate it, too, because of the length. Like, it's five volumes, and it's, and it's done. The mystery doesn't stretch on forever. I think, for me, this is one of the things that I really enjoy about the podcast, where we get a series like that you all have read that has a gigantic twist, and I'm like, dead last. And you all are like, wait till you see this. And then I read it, and I'm like, what? That's the best part of the podcast for me. I, I feel like we had that with, was it was it Kitchen Princess, maybe? And then The Promised Neverland's surprise me and then this one and i just i th- i enjoy the three of us on the podcast together when this happens <laughs> i think for kitchen princess i think we are all just kind of exclaiming over the whole dead person with identical twin stranger <laughs> twist especially since it's not even like the only time it's come up with oh it's been so oh, long i do not even remember the twist. i mean honestly the twist with the promise neverland was me convincing you that the manga is actually good it was just the anime that was terrible yeah. then oh then there was cory reading magic knight ray earth and so getting to the end of the first half and it's like well we just killed the person we were here to save because that's what we were summoned for we were summoned yep. to kill her. jesus all right so, i forgot what of a twist we've got a whole bunch of, we've got three middle ago. school girls with major trauma now yeah like the the last oh. i think the last panel of the first part of magic Knight ray earth is just like them back oh, yeah, in tokyo tower them, like collapsed in a sobbing heap around yeah. their classmates and they're like we just went to tokyo tower guys for a field trip what's up yeah and it's like that's how you end this like, this is what you're doing clam this is why i say that shoujo manga just does not go hard enough these days you know we need some series like this i just cannot find them in english they're currently coming out yeah i don't I don't know what else to say about it. I 
I enjoyed it, and the twist really got me. It just... I know it's a good twist when I want to put it down. I'm like, wait a minute. This is crazy. (laughs) This is both great, and yet I am also offended by it simultaneously. (laughs) Because I read it, like, super early in the morning, but I didn't want to, like, wake you all up. So I waited, like, a day or so. to. But I wanted to, like, tweet you all as I was was reading. I'm like, no, it's too early, and I'm too shocked. So I just waited. (laughs) Oh, you should have done it. I keep my phone on silent anyway, just since, like... I mean, I've got Corey on the West Coast, so when it's like, yeah. you know, a reasonable time there, it's like sleep time for me, you know, yeah. just don't worry about that. Just... Yeah, I have my phone on D&D from 11 to 7 or something. Like, um... oh, I thought you meant dun- you put your phone on Dungeons & Dragons. No. I was like, what is this setting? <laughs> uh... I-, I didn't realize you were so into this, Corey, that you need your phone, like, totally off to not disturb yes, you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, you can text us, DM us, whenever. Um, yeah, I like the, uh, sub, uh, plots, subplots that are going along with, uh, the twist. Sub-twist is what I was going to say, but then I couldn't remember the word. Anyway, uh, with, like, Olgar and his brother, where his brother's just kind of getting closer and closer to what the truth is, and, uh, Olgar's like, look, there's, there's this thing going on, I don't know what it is, but I need to find out what it is, and then, uh... Uh, let's see, how do you pronounce his name? Sharse? Um, mm. just being the, uh, the clone of the king, and, uh, he was there to kill them all, <laughs> because they needed to get rid of the clones, um, just, what a wild series. Uh, yeah, it really was. Excellent, 10 out of 10, would read again. Yes. I'm glad that I went back to it, because some of those, like, I'm behind you all, or I've read less, and then I I never get the chance to catch up with you. All. I'm glad that this one was short, and I and I had the chance to catch up because I I felt like it was worth it. And I've had the the jump at for a while. I like just probably wouldn't have read this one, and I'm and I'm glad that I did. It was fun. I mean, it 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 makes reading manga the other fun. Mm-hmm. And that's what this whole podcast is all about. Just an excuse for us to read manga and talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> and this hopefully was... convince some more people along the way. <laughs> Yeah, and this was yet another Helen bullies us into reading manga. I mean, not that we're uh-huh. bullied necessarily, but you know, just Helen's general demeanor. I mean, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I, inter- I said it along the lines of, "Have I y- made y'all read this yet?" Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking about it now because you said it earlier that that <laughs> that Corey totally read that part with the clones and the parents and thought nothing of it. Like the parents are like not upset at all, and then they're like, "Yes, there is this clone project," and Corey's like, "Hmm," and just keeps. Yep. Oh, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. To yeah. be fair, I didn't either, but I was reading this week to week. I started like on week one when it started coming out, so mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes. So it was easier to forget details like that week to week. Uh-huh. And sometimes, oh, at gosh. least for me, when I am just marathoning through a manga or a TV series or whatever. The analyst brain just goes off until I right. finish with it, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Especially with this one, where it's just like, it was so good at uh, subtly, yet not subtly, um, putting in little hints of something that is going wrong here, uh, but doesn't tell you what it is quite yet, like the the parents with the clothes. Um, that's, that's probably, a, I mean, that is a huge... Um, a huge hint at what is happening because it is what is happening but uh i like how you can look back at that and be like either how did i not see that or i was completely right about this mm-hmm. and the creator has another series that's currently running called um witch watch 
Um, it's running in Weekly Shonen Jump, so you know it's also on the Jump app. I didn't like it as much, but if you like the humor a lot, you should give it a shot. I just found the humor just a little too much for me. I'll have to check that one out, too. Since, I mean, you've got the subscription, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Might as well make good use of your $2 a month. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. It was funny, a couple of weeks ago, my brother texted me asking where he could read the My Hero Academia manga, and I was like, yes, I've been waiting for this. Here! (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, Lexix. After my mom was like, oh yeah, your brother went to a movie on Friday, and I was like, oh, I wonder if it was My Hero Academia movie, since I know that was that night, and was like, (laughs) yes, it was. Um, Lexix, that was uh, our favorite manga of the year. That was uh, more spoiler, Astro Lost in Space. Hopefully you all are fans of listening to us talk about that one in particular. Um, my favorite manga is always the reactions we have to wild twists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's uh, let's close out this episode. Where can we find everybody on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Mondurant. I'm still there and I'm still alive and I'm still shocked by manga. Apparently, I've been reading manga for over a decade and can still be very shocked. So <laughs> you can find me there. Sorry, I had a moment trying to figure out how long I've been reading manga, and it's been at least a decade and a half. At least, yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, had some friends in high school, and that's how it all got started. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Wandering Dreamer. You can find the reviews I write for manga and light novels over at theoasg.com. I also co-host, co-host the podcast over there, where we talk about licensing news every every episode. We talk about weird news my ongoing beef with Retro Crush because it's been a year and a half and they still have not put out Story of Sai Koku and I'm just increasingly pissed about this. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other folks also writing for the site, so definitely go check it out if you want uh, more reviews and honestly some that are less chaotic than mine. And while we're at it, where is Sugar Sugar Rune, Udon? Yeah, that one too, but I don't put as much energy into that since I just expect less of Udon these days. But Retro Crush is out here licensing new stuff every month, and it's like, listen, where is my shoujo anime? <laughs> True and very fair. Um, all right, you can find me on Twitter at K. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Mongering Your Ears. You can find all of our episodes over at xtaikupodcast.com. That's T-A-I-I-K-U. And for those of us that, those of you who were asking, which is zero people, actually it was only Dana, and she wasn't really asking, she was just kind of like uh, complaining. But we're on Spotify now. You can listen to us on Spotify. Um, you can listen to Taiku Podcast on Spotify too. If we are somehow too. your most listened to podcast on Spotify, please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll have to wait for 2022 uh, metrics for to find out. Uh, I think they even shut off like the 2021 ones in like November or something. Um but yeah, uh, if you want us anywhere else, let me know. I will I will try to get get the podcast there. Tweet at the podcast. Tweet at me. Um, tweet at Kellen. She'll tell you to tweet at me. Um, yeah, but that's it. End of episode. End of year. We'll be back uh, January 5th-ish. We'll see. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody.